InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Previous research has suggested that there's a link between those who are abused as children and have later criminal behavior as adults. But some fascinating new research from the University of Washington indicates that troubled behavior in abused kids may predict future criminal tendencies and the signs may be different between boys and girls. Here to tell us more is the co-author of the study, Professor Todd Herrencole. He's a professor in social work at the University of Washington. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, before we get to the results of your study, tell us how you conducted this research. This was a study, actually, that began more than 30 years ago now, where we identified some children who had been abused and others not, and we followed those kids over time to look at their developmental patterns and eventually now looking at their adult behavior. So it's an ongoing study that spans about a 35-year period. Hmm. And what were the findings that you've gotten recently? Well, what we found in this particular study is that child abuse seems to set in motion for boys and girls a slightly different pattern depending on whether or not we're talking about boys or girls. So for girls, we found that this internalizing pattern of behavior was predictive of adult crime. And for boys, it appeared more so that externalizing behaviors were more linked to crime in adulthood. Can you describe what you mean by those externalizing? Yeah, so the externalizing behaviors are things that we typically uh, think of as more consistent with acting out behavior in young kids. So acting aggressively, getting in fights, screaming, perhaps being mean to others. So those are the types of behaviors that we found to be related to later criminal behavior for boys, but that wasn't the case for girls. For girls, it was things more consistent with feeling depressed, being withdrawn from others, uh, socially isolated. So things that would be a little bit harder, perhaps, to detect if we're looking at outward signs of problems. Was there any comparison made as far as the income levels of the families? Well, in this particular study, as we do in many others, we actually control for the income of families such that we set sort of the playing field equal here with respect to family income. So we account for that in the analysis. What types of crimes were you looking at? I mean, was this like murders or was it more petty crimes? Not so much murders, but we did look at a full range of criminal behavior in adulthood. Now, again, keep in mind that these are self-reported crimes, so these are the individuals themselves are telling us about the things that they were involved in. But they range from, you know, things consistent, again, with aggression, acting out in various ways, stealing, using strong-arm methods to obtain things from others, cheating. So there are a range of things that we included uh, in the measure as a way to try to capture all of the things that may be considered criminal-type behaviors. We're talking on InfoTrack with Todd Herrencole, who is a University of Washington social work professor, talking about a study linking child abuse with adult crime. How did you track, Professor, abuse in the children? Because sometimes this is a hidden thing, and the child might not want to talk about it. In this study, we look at or assess child abuse in a number of different ways. One of the ways in which we've done that is to use child welfare records early on where there's substantiated or documented cases of abuse and sometimes neglect. In this particular case, we actually relied on parents to tell us, again, this is back in the 1970s, 
about the kinds of disciplining practices that they were using with their children. And some of those would indeed be considered by most experts to be abusive. So these are self-reported behaviors by parents about emotional and physical practices that they use with their children early on. Well, obviously, child abuse is a bad thing, but I'm not sure many people, certainly parents, may not be aware that it can lead to criminal behavior later in life. You know, I think that that's quite right, actually. And the other, I think, take-home from this is that early signs of problems in kids, whether they be more traditional forms of aggression and acting out or withdrawn, internalizing, depressed kinds of symptoms, the study suggests that we need to take those things very seriously and realize that if not treated, sometimes these things can lead to later problems much later in life. Is there anything that our listeners could do to maybe help others with this situation or if they see this in a family uh, that they could deal with it somehow? Or maybe you don't have any thoughts on that. I'm just wondering. Oftentimes we think a lot about how to identify symptoms of child abuse and neglect. And as you mentioned and as we know, Sometimes these things are known to authorities, other times not. And I think that that for, you know, adults who come in contact with kids, it's important to pick up on the signs of abuse for sure and to alert the authorities if there is a concern. Again, I think understanding and realizing that really problem behaviors are symptomatic of later problems or sometimes more serious forms of problems and acting on those by helping families seek support and get the services that they need, I think is also a critical thing. So there definitely are things that we as adults who come in contact with kids can do to reduce the likelihood that early symptoms of abuse and problem behaviors will lead to much later criminal types of action. You mentioned that this study is ongoing. What do you hope or expect to see down the road as this research continues? Crime is just one of many things that we're looking at in this study. Other outcome-type categories include health and mental health. And one of the things that we're trying to do right now or planning for right now is a much deeper assessment of physical health because we know that child abuse is a risk factor for a lot of different kinds of problems much later in life, crime being one, but also health problems and being able to identify early symptoms of health and intervening with people to reduce their likelihood of developing early onset disease is also a critical factor here, something to explore. Professor Todd Herrenkohl from the University of Washington, we want to thank you for joining us. This is fascinating stuff, and thanks for joining us today on InfoTrack. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.